of an angel may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Catholic radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. Glad you're with us. Today is February 22nd, 2021. Can you believe? Wow, almost uh, finished with the month of February. Uh, here in studio with me, Olivia Franklin. How you doing, Hello, Olivia? Hello, doing great. Cecil is not able to be here with us today, so Diane Xavier is. Diane's actually up to the mic. Uh, Hello. Good, good afternoon, Diane. Good afternoon. All right. Uh, you know, Diane doesn't didn't used to always come in on Mondays, uh, but Cecil being out, and Diane was going to come in anyways because it's car raffle season. There's a whole lot going on. So yes. glad you're uh, helping with us, uh, Diane. Thank you. And uh, first fifteen minutes or so we're going to talk about the car raffle lots to tell you about uh, we've been a little uh you know stymied a little bit the last couple of weeks with the big storm and all that was going on that really impacted the last couple of weeks but uh, we are heading into a really busy week with uh, live remotes in eight different parishes this weekend so we'll tell you all about that and also some stories uh yesterday uh, olivia went out to uh, nuestra senora del pilar and she'll tell us about her time out there and this is very exciting uh when did you hear dear listener and perhaps you're hearing about it right now for the first time that the Dallas Diocese is has announced a diocesan synod and post-pandemic pastoral plan for the Diocese of Dallas. I got a uh, couple of texts in quick succession, I think Saturday night, uh, of people telling me about it, uh, including one of them was from Toya, uh, who's not even in this diocese, and she heard about it. She's out of the Diocese of St. Angelo, and she sent it to me. And so I quickly got on it, and I read it, and it's very unique. The Dallas Diocese hasn't done a, a diocesan synod. I didn't even know diocese could do synods, <laughs> but apparently they can. The last one in Dallas was 87 years ago. And so I then texted Annette Gonzalez-Taylor, the communication director, and I said, hey, any chance somebody could talk about this Monday on our show? Uh, and she uh, texted back and said, yeah, I think I can get Bishop Burns. And so I said, well, it can't get any better than that. And so uh, at 15 after, we're expecting a call from Bishop Burns to talk about this uh, synod, uh, why they're doing it, what are the major objectives, uh, why now, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so it should be an interesting conversation with uh, Bishop Burns here at about 15 after to talk about the Synod. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go to cathdow.org forward slash Synod. Uh, there's extensive information about that. I read through it all this morning, and so I just hope to ask him some uh, pretty intelligent questions and get the, the lowdown from Bishop Burns. do appreciate him taking some time to be on with us. All right, uh, that is the show today. And then at the end, uh, time allowing, Olivia is going to come back and we'll recap some of the things about uh, the car raffle. 
And so this is the final week of the car raffle. One week from today, March 1st, everything's over. So you got to get all your tickets in and buy your tickets. You can go to online, grnonline.com forward slash raffle and buy your tickets. But we'll also sell them to you. And we'll also be at a lot of parishes this weekend as well. So, Olivia, how you doing? Doing very well. Yeah, it's a beautiful boy. day out there. It is. Gosh, I didn't even mention the last time. we Well, uh, Monday, we didn't even do a show uh, because it was just crazy weather. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I saw you on Friday, so we right. kind of talked. But uh, for right. those listening right now, it's the first time we've really talked to you since this crazy week of weather. Boy, that was nuts last week. I know. Week. And Saturday, 75 at one That wasn't the official high, yeah. but... It, the official high was 72. Well, it's a bit bipolar. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember Saturday morning driving around and I turned the AC on in my car and I thought, wow, a day ago I was blasting the heat and now I'm putting the AC on. I like, I, 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 I got to say, I feel a little guilty saying this, but we didn't have any power outages. We didn't have any water problems. I know a lot of people out there did. Mm-hmm. And our, our thoughts and prayers and go out to you and, and, but, you know, for our from our perspective, it was, uh, you know, and we reached out. We gave people firewood. We invited people to come and stay at our house. We we tried to do what we could to help people. But you know, my son did get out and did did some sledding, and we built a snowman. And uh, and I know, uh, you know, people. May, it's kind of weird to say that because so many people suffered through it. But hopefully, the power is back on for everybody. And I know there's going to be some assistance with uh, some of the damage to houses. And so hopefully everybody can get back to, to normal after a while. All right. So uh, I want to thank uh, St. Jude Parish in Allen, Nuestra Señora del Pilar in Dallas, and St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Dallas for allowing us to come out last weekend, uh, this past weekend, and sell tickets and make an announcement. Did you get, did you get ashes? Uh, I yesterday? did get ashes yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I was glad to do that. I got them on the top of my head, uh, European style. Yeah, I got the them on crown. the fore- I got mine on the forehead. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. Our, ah. our parish. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, uh-huh. we kind of do the, uh, things a little differently, uh-huh. but uh, yeah. But I know that on the forehead. I mean, on the top of the head. That's uh-huh. traditional style. Yeah. I thought. Well, you know, it might cover my roots. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a big bald spot. They could just kind of, kind of. You know, to kind of cover See, the whole just, thing up. That's right. Lemons yeah, to so, lemonade. So, so got the ashes. And I know somebody put up on Facebook that, like, was there a liturgical problem with doing it on Sunday? And mm-hmm. it didn't bother me. I think mm-hmm. Wednesday was a mess of weather. Yeah. And most people weren't going to go anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, what What governed my decisions to go out, or in this case, not go out um, during the bad weather is I would have to involve another person in what could be a risky situation. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have something life-threatening... Why go out? Because yeah. I couldn't take care of anything myself if yeah. I had a problem. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a fool, but I, I drove every single day. <laughs> and I mean, they, well, I wasn't just driving for the sake of driving, right. but uh, taking my son out places right. or going and getting food. Or, and you, you know, helped that. that woman in the ditch? Yeah, there was a lady right here by our studio that uh, had a Mercedes, uh, which, of course, ties into our car raffle, but uh, she drove <laughs> into a ditch. And by the time I was helping her, the police had arrived and somebody was there that could tow her out. And so, uh, anyways, uh, in, during difficult times like that, you often see the goodness of people. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of people. I, I was right here at our, our studio Thursday morning, uh, and I decided not to get in. I got stuck briefly, and there was a guy in a, in a car just waiting to see if I was able to get out. Oh, wow. I presume, yeah. because if I wasn't, he was going to help me. So you see, yeah. a lot, you see a lot of good from people. Yeah. Uh, you're 
uh, memories or reflections on your visit to Nuestra Señora del Pilar yesterday? Uh, well, I had a wonderful time there, and um, I met both uh, Father uh, Daza. Is that his last name? Well, yeah, Wilmer? Father Wilmer. Uh-huh. Da- yeah, da- mm-hmm. yeah. And then I also met um, the Croatian new priest, uh, who's a parochial vicar. Father, they call him Father Branny. This is what Martin told me. Okay, Branimir Pavelin, and um, great homily, great mm-hmm. homily. Um, so, and and wonderful people. And again, I gotta say, just simple offerings to people like that miraculous medal that I still have. You yeah. know, the blessed medal. They love it mm-hmm. um and so as as do i i mean i would always want one too so uh, i had a, a delightful time out there yeah good and i uh, i heard from uh jerry jacob our volunteer who went out to saint philip the apostle parish in dallas and he said that father eduardo was great and he went out of his way to promote the car raffle and ask people to sell tickets it makes a big difference when you can tell the pastors behind it yes and definitely. of course father andrew semler at uh, St. Jude and Allen, thank you for, and Barry Boyle, the, the, the parish manager, for allowing us to come out to Allen. And of course, all of our volunteers, Steve and Rob and Jerry and Stephen and everybody who went out. All right, so which brings us to this week. And let me just start off by saying that uh, we're, going, we're visiting more parishes this weekend than we've ever visited before in the history of car raffles. An embarrassment of riches <laughs> we have for our last weekend. It's uh, very exciting. Yeah, and some of these are makeups because uh, there were two parishes last Last weekend, where pipes burst, one of them was St. Elizabeth Ann Seton and Keller. I gotta, I gotta thank them though, because even though they had to cancel our visit, they sent out a big bulk email to their parish saying, "Please support the car raffle." And I'll tell you, Friday morning, I was sitting in my computer, and it was like ding, 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 ding. You know, because you you, you yeah. mailed all the tickets out <laughs> yeah. to people, and I was amazed at how people were responding. So, so thank you uh, to Raquel Sadia uh, was the the lady there at the parish that organized that. So thanks to her, and of course Father Flynn, um, and we hope that they're they're back to normal. And all uh, the people that responded to that invitation, yeah. wow! And, and St. Francis Lancaster was the same situation. They had mm-hmm. a pipe burst. We weren't able to go out there, but we've rescheduled them for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me just give you a quick rundown. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, I don't even know if we have enough speakers to cover all this. We're, we're trying to find... <laughs> we will. <laughs> if, uh, in fact, if you want to go out and visit a parish, make a little announcement, sell some raffle tickets, you're listening right now, uh, email me. I, I don't know if I have an assignment for you, but I'd rather have too many than not enough. I'll let you know by tomorrow. Okay, we're going to Holy Family of Nazareth Parish in Irving, Good Shepherd Catholic Parish in Colleyville. Blessed Sacrament Parish, Dallas, Mary Immaculate Parish in Farmer's Branch, just Sunday, uh, St. Francis of Assisi in Lancaster, uh, St. Francis of Assisi in Frisco, Holy Spirit Parish in Duncanville, St. Mary Parish in Sherman. Wow. It's a lot of parishes. <laughs> Diane will be going out to, to some of these parishes. So, all right, well, let me to one parish anyways. So, it's going to be a wild weekend. So, if, those, if you, uh, dear listener, belong to one of those parishes, uh, we will have, we will be out there for all or uh, the masses this weekend. And, you know, look. and it's really fun and, um, and we can equip you both with the supplies and, and the, uh, the plan. Uh, it's very simple. So even if you're a little reticent, if you're listening to this now, it might be the Holy Spirit tugging on you saying, why don't you try this? Um, it's, a, it's just a really 
fun form of evangelization and you make new friends. It's just a lot. You, you never know what the Lord's going to bring out of it for you. So Yeah, it really is. In fact, I know it's, it's great because uh, we have a very, very dedicated group of six, seven people that Every single year, they go out and they speak. And this is the same people that were doing it five years ago and six years ago. And we lost one because he was a little concerned about the COVID, but he'll be back next year, I'm sure. But uh, it is fun. You get to uh, experience another parish. You get to meet a lot of people. You get to hear a lot of people talking about uh, how Catholic Radio has blessed them. And you so, have something that you know is really valuable to offer them and and. That makes you feel great. Yeah. All right. Also this week, uh, as if that, that wasn't enough, we're going to be doing uh, at least three live remote broadcasts. Now, get this. Tomorrow, uh, Tuesday at noon, we're going to be at Birth Choice of Dallas uh, during the noon hour. Uh, so Aaron Fowler, and they, they've been very supportive. In fact, they sold tickets for us, and Aaron bought some himself, and so we appreciate him and uh, the other folks there. So we'll be at Birth Choice tomorrow at noon, uh, during the noon hour. Uh, Wednesday, 10 o'clock hour, CPLC office uh, in Dallas, and they're going to allow us to give away a couple of their tickets to their Bishop's Pro-Life Dinner, which uh, is coming up in April. And uh, then Sacred Heart Books and Gifts on Thursday at 1 o'clock. Okay, so those are the three. I'm, I'm toying with the idea of doing another one on Friday, but maybe you just leave well enough alone, you know. <laughs> but uh, this is the last week. Okay, after Monday, you can't buy tickets. And so if you want them, uh, you can go online, grnonline.com forward slash raffle, or uh, call us during one of those hours that we're doing it. There's always going to be a little mini raffle, too, something else that we're giving away. In fact, you know, Matt Marr is uh, coming to town. Did you hear about that? No. Yeah, he's doing Ooh, an event like for him. Holy Trinity Catholic School. Uh, which is in uh, Grapevine, Grapevine mm-hmm. and it, there's going to be a very limited number of people that can actually be there because of COVID, right. but they're also going to stream it. But we got two tickets oh. uh, for the concert, which we'll give away tomorrow during our Birth Choice uh, live oh. remote. All right, so it's 13 after. Uh, a couple minutes from now, we're expecting a phone call from Bishop Edward Burns to talk about this uh, diocesan synod. Uh, any last thoughts? Uh, well, I just want to, um, maybe I've had a blank here, but Juanita? Galindo for yeah. and, and her oh, husband yeah, yeah, Matt yes. for doing the two different. They they went out to two different bookstores, Little Angels on Saturday and uh, Saint Francis on the property of Immaculate Conception in Grand Prairie yesterday, and just it, it was kind of like going out to a church. It was just another way to spread the good news and give people opportunity to participate in the car raffle. And they're just very generous, and they did great, and and uh, sent me away with uh, fresh chocolate chip cookies. Now I forget whether Juanita made them or Patty Hidalgo made them. <laughs> I think maybe Patty did, but oh, they are good. Yeah, that, that was a big help, and she sold a lot of tickets. And this was actually her second round, because she had already been to Little Angels one time. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't give that much hope. I'm thinking, okay, you're there. People come in to buy books. You you, you want to sell tickets. But, boy, she sold a lot of tickets. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, I'm glad you thought of that. And, you so know, she you. was willing to be one of our speakers for this next weekend, except they're going to be out of town. Oh, okay. So I, okay. I talked to her about that. So she's ever willing to participate. Yeah, and uh, let me see if anybody's already responded. And so if you um, are interested uh, in being a speaker, again, I will let you know. Uh, we've already recruited a few people, but we just got so many parishes that we have to go to that uh, email me. I'll let you know by tomorrow if we can use you. I'd, I'd rather have too many than not enough. Uh, yeah, we want to keep Dave very relaxed and calm yeah, and happy gosh. about this this last week where we are just going to end this up with a great flourish. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com is the... Uh, 
the uh, the the phone uh, the email address and uh, so let me know if you would like to be a speaker or if you want to buy some tickets. I already got one person that emailed me and wants to buy tickets. And so, all right, Olivia. Well, thanks. Why don't you come Thank back? You, uh, can you come back at quarter till? I would love to. Uh, sure. Okay. After we finish with uh, Bishop Burns, and uh, we'll we'll talk some more. Okay. All right. I think this will be a breakless uh, program because I want to get right to Bishop Burns, uh, and rather than taking a break and talk about uh, this really exciting, I totally caught me by surprise. I didn't even know diocese could do synods. And so uh, what it is, uh, if you go to cathdow.org, you can find out that uh, there is Bishop Burns has announced a diocesan synod and post-pandemic pastoral plan for the Diocese of Dallas. And as I mentioned a moment ago, this is the first time that the Diocese of Dallas has done this since 1934. I'm curious, uh, Bishop Joseph Patrick Lynch was the bishop back then, 87 years ago, and he called a a synod, and I wonder why he did. And I don't. I'm, I'm sure Bishop Burns probably knows. I'd be curious about that. Uh, so let's, with no further ado, uh, welcome the shepherd of the diocese of Dallas, Bishop Edward Burns, joining us. And thank you so much, Bishop Burns, for being there, being with us to talk about uh, the, the news that certainly surprised me and a lot of people. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you doing? Good, good. I I was sitting around uh, in my house Saturday evening, and all of a sudden I started getting all these text messages. Ding, 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 ding. Have you heard about what's going on in the Diocese of Dallas? And and then I was like, wow, a diocesan synod. I didn't even know they could do that. And so uh, I, it, first time in 87 years. So um, Bishop Burns, just as far as uh, a, a basic first question, what in the world is a diocesan synod and and why now? Yeah, I, I guess that's a lot of questions, but what is a, what is a synod? Exactly. You know what? It really is a gathering, uh, the gathering of, of the faithful um, in uh, just really discussing, entering into a dialogue of, of topics within the church. And this discussion, of course, aided with the, 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 the uh, presence of the Holy Spirit, asking God's blessing upon the dialogue. It really brings a sense of direction uh, for the church. And so out of the gathering, out of the dialogue and the conversation will come, um, and, and these dialogues will take place on, on the local level and, and parishes throughout the diocese, out of which will come topics or resolutions that will be taken to the actual synod, which will be made up of clergy and faithful and representatives of all the parishes, Catholic organizations, and even non-Catholics. And it will be an opportunity to um, you know, really discuss some of these topics and then present proposals to the bishop, you know, to the diocese. Um, whereby looking at them, and the synod does not change church teaching. It does not change doctrine. It really is an opportunity for the spiritual, pastoral, and temporal growth of the diocese. And especially after this pandemic, Dave, when every church has had an experience in the last year of being closed and then opened gradually, a 25% opening, a 50% opening, and, and we're awaiting a full opening, but it's going to take a while in order for everybody to feel safe to come back to church. I, I definitely wanted to combat 
the complacency that would become the temptation of our faithful after being away for so long to come back to church, you know, to once again, as Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift you received when I laid hands on you. And for everyone to fan into flame that ember of faith given to us um, through our uh, Easter resolutions, our Easter sacrament. Yes. all of this will be exciting. Yeah, yeah. There's so many directions I want to take this because there's so much to talk about. But uh, you know, because wow. I know that there's an apostolic element. You mentioned the uh, the apostolic times and kind of re- reviving that fervor. So I want to get to that and also the timetable. But uh, one other, just kind of preliminary question. I have not heard of any other diocese uh, announcing this. Uh, would you expect, or are other brother bishops planning this in other dioceses, or is this something that you think will be unique to Dallas? Oh yeah, I well, of course cannot speak for my brother bishops, but I um, I know that other dioceses, of course, have had diocesan synods, um, and I just find this to be a most appropriate moment. It's a significant moment in the life of the diocese, as you well know. Um, as you indicated, it's been eighty-seven years since there's been a diocesan synod in the Diocese of Dallas, and that was convened by Bishop Lynch in 1934. And so it's not an an everyday occurrence. It's, It's something that you really do prepare for. And so I've announced it now. It, the decree for the synod will be signed on December 12th, 2021. We will have a preparatory commission pulled together. People are already identifying to me, Bishop, I want to be a part of this, and I am so grateful to receive their names because I want people who are on fire for the Lord, on fire for the faith, to to be a part of the preparatory commission, to, to watch, as I say, fan into flame the gift you received when I laid hands on you. We need to really set this church ablaze with the Holy Spirit and to really um, rekindle, you know, the great fire of his love, you know, in our parishes. Yes. So it's, it's exactly my goal. Yeah, Bishop Edward Burns joining us here on the Good News Show, and appreciate his time. If you are just hearing this for the first time, uh, he has announced a diocesan synod and post-pandemic pastoral plan for the Diocese of Dallas. All the details are at cathdow.org, the diocesan website. Bishop Burns, I want to read just a couple of um, of snippets from your letter and then ask you to elaborate. I mentioned about the uh, you, you said at the end of your letter, let us return then to our apostolic roots. Uh, you said this is a time to recover the original animating spirit of apostolic times, embrace apostolic mission, um, endowed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they went into the world dominated by the Roman Empire and, be, and, and the pagan Hellenistic culture that day. Uh, tell us what you mean by that and what it was about those first apostles that you think we could, uh, we could learn from and emulate in, in this age. Well, when Jesus called his apostles, they were just ordinary men, um, many of them fishermen, and yet he saw in them a desire, an an authenticity, and and even though they were a cast of characters, too. And in it, when I say ordinary, very ordinary, because you are so aware that one of the twelve betrayed him. One of the twelve would deny knowing him. Another one would probably doubt 
whatever he was doing and saying. And then, uh, uh, of course, there were two who argued over who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so it wasn't a perfect group, but a group nonetheless, very small, that equipped with the Holy Spirit did dynamic things. And they brought the gospel message of our Lord Jesus Christ to the furthest ends of the earth. That is the apostolic fervor we need. We need every member of our diocese, of our parishes, to embrace that apostolic mission, not to be afraid of the current climate, not to be afraid of the uh, of the current um, um, uh, society that we live in that can be so contrary to the gospel message but embrace the message of Jesus Christ and equipped with the courage of the Holy Spirit to go forth and to proclaim his kingdom. That's exactly what we need to do. Yes, amen. Um, There's clearly a theme of Our Lady of Guadalupe throughout this. You're beginning it on her feast day this year. You're planning to end it on her feast day in 2031. It's the 500th anniversary of Our Lady Guadalupe. Of course, our network is named after Our Lady Guadalupe. Your cathedral is named after Our Lady Guadalupe. She plays a big role in this, doesn't she? So you definitely see a theme in this party, don't you? <laughs> I, I, I see there's there's something there. I don't know. I'm trying to put my finger on it. Yes. And of course, to have this interview on Guadalupe Radio, yeah. you bet we ask our Blessed Mother's intercession to um, and guide us in, in saying yes to God's will, as she said yes to God's will, to guide us as the Queen of the Apostles, you know, to go out into, into the world. Yes, of course, and to recognize that um, we're going to lead up to the celebration of the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, December 12, 2031, which will be the 500th anniversary of the appearance of Our Lady of Guadalupe to San Juan Diego. It was at that moment, almost 500 years ago, that um, Our Lady of Guadalupe established the evangelization of the Americas. And it's important for us to embrace that same spirit of evangelization. And so December 12th, that's, that's a ways away. You know, here we are at the end of February. And so is, um, as far as the timeline, you've got the kickoff um, on the, her feast day this year. Uh, the, the, what, what will happen between now and then? Is this where the preparatory commission is doing their work? Are the listening sessions exactly. going to start or what? You can imagine that all of this isn't going to take place without the need for a budget. The need for a department at the diocesan center, as well as a staff to do all that. I mean, we recognize that if you're going to do it right, um, and if you, if you, um, as they say, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. Mm. And so it really, we do need this time to plan, um, uh, to effectively bring forth a synodal process whereby um, establishing the the proper questions when we go into the various parishes for the listening sessions to have our team in place so as to really uh, uh, 
gain and acquire the wisdom and the insights of the lay faithful of this diocese, as well as their desires, their hopes for the future. And so that team needs to be poised, ever ready to um, listen uh, to our faithful, to see how best the church can serve them. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting, but we do need the time to, to plan effectively. But as we begin the synodal process on December 12, 2021, we're going to hit the ground running. And um, those listening sessions, as I have found, spending time with the faithful as the shepherd of the diocese is such a huge blessing for me. I, I cherish those moments. And so it really will be an opportunity to dialogue with the shepherd of, uh, of the diocese and, and, and to chart up a, 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 a course uh, forward. And in the middle of this uh, 10-year period with the, the, the synodal process, uh, the, there's going to be a, a synod itself, which you're saying will be in the year 2024. It seems a, a ways off now, but um, the synod, you say, a multi-day event wherein the synod body consults and votes on resolutions that the diocesan bishop can consider for implementation. Tell us, I don't know if you have the date set for that yet, or a location. I know that's a long ways off, but tell us more about what you expect and anticipate to happen during those days. Thanks, Dave, because you, you, you say that 2024 seems like a long ways off. Wait till you get my age. Time goes fast. <laughs> it does, even for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's true. We don't have an exact date. What we're looking for is maybe a date close to the 90th anniversary of the 1934 um, synod that was convened by Bishop Lynch. It, um, we, we need a venue that will be able to uh, offer hospitality to a large group, representatives of, of all the parishes, um, and, and, and so many others. Um, so we don't have an exact date or a, uh, a venue. This is all a part of the need for um, a long runway for the planning process. So with, with that, the Synod itself will be a multi-day event. I would envision, but do not commit me to, um, something that would begin on a Thursday evening and run throughout the entire weekend. You know, it would be a full conference, a full convention of sorts, where we do look at each one of the resolutions, each one of the topics that have come out of the uh, listening sessions in the parishes. And then the years following that, in the years following the Synod, will be a time for um, a adoption of the resolutions, um, approval, and then implementation to, um, you know, implement them within the diocese. And, of course, depending on, on what the resolution may be, it, it can take a various period of time, um, you know, to, to adopt some resolutions. Some will be extremely easy to adopt. Others may be uh, very complicated. Um, but so we're not, quite, we're not quite sure. But during the post-synodal time and leading up to... Um, that 500th anniversary of the appearance of Our Lady of Guadalupe, <clears throat> it is my goal as the bishop 
to bring about a spiritual, pastoral, and temporal renewal, a revitalization of the Diocese of Dallas. And so I would envision pilgrimages, um, processions. I would, you know, envision retreats. And I envision a, a new, you, you know that we have already embarked on a new way of, of celebrating church in the Diocese of Dallas with our televised masses. Well, the impact that has come from our televised masses is something that leads me to know we cannot turn back. There are people now longing and yearning for those celebrations on the television that they haven't experienced within their local church before, and they don't have a means, a way, or even the physical capacity to go to church. And so for us to minister to them that way is something now I see as a bishop as, as necessary. And so we're going to look at a different way of, of even exercising pastoral ministry. And when I look at the temporalities of our church, I see that there's a need for some of our parishes that need to be fortified, strengthened. And I'm not talking just the ministries within our parishes. I'm talking actual buildings, too. Yes. And so there's, there's a need for some of our parishes in the poorer sections of, of, of Dallas uh, or the rural uh, parts of Dallas that need fortified. Of course I'm going to be attentive to that also in the whole process of, 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 of this pastoral plan. Uh, uh, Bishop Burns, there's a, there's a section called Discipleship in your letter, and you, uh, you mentioned that you're concerned that the pandemic has caused some, of, caused some of the faithful to become complacent. And you said, it's my desire to invite our parishioners off the comfort of their couches and back into our churches. And so, uh, clearly, we want people in, in the parishes. Um, how do you balance that with, you know, the, the televised masses is available, um, um, would, 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 do you, do you foresee lifting the dispensation where people, uh, only under certain, you know, grave situations watch it on the, on the, on the screen and otherwise we want you to get back to the parishes? How are you going to handle that? Sure. There's, there is a difference, um, you know, with the need for televised masses and wanting televised masses. So the, uh, there's a need and, and the need is with people who physically cannot get to church. And of course, I'm speaking of after it is safe to fully return to church. Uh, there, there's this, this pandemic has been such a mystery in so many ways that when somebody contracts this ugly virus of COVID, that for some, it's just sniffles. For yeah. others, it's life support. And so you can't even predict this thing. And, and with that, um, there's a, a, a need for people to feel comfortable coming back to, to church. So if, if they are high risk, you know, um, then, then uh, the, these, these, um, these televised masses are a need for them. And then there's the side, oh, I want to stay at home. Um, um, or the pandemic is now long gone, and we're longing for that day. But um, and and so there's there's not a need to stay away from church. And there's some people who just want to. Well, that's the complacency, the lukewarmness that I speak of. And I I think that 
it's important to invite them off the comfort of their couches back into the churches. Um, so I, I just, um, I just, uh, yeah, I want to challenge the, the faithful, you know, that to recognize that we are an incarnational church. Mm-hmm. We are a church in the flesh. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who, 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 um, you know, has given us the great gift of the church is his body. And we celebrate his body, you know, his body and his blood in the celebration of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It's important that we never separate ourselves from the incarnational nature of, of the church. And with it, to be with one another means that we make up the body of Christ, too. So um, it, it, it's, a, it's a very core of who we are as a Roman Catholic Church. It's important for us to recognize we're an incarnational church in the flesh. Bishop Edward Burns joining me, talking about the diocesan synod and post-pandemic pastoral plan for the Diocese of Dallas. And, you know, people listening right now, Bishop Burns, may say, well, you know, as a you know, a, a, a lay woman, a lay man, or a, a young person, a, a student, an elderly, you know, what's what's my role in this? Uh, you do have a line where you say, my goal is to challenge the domestic church, the family, to fulfill the responsibility of handing on the faith to the next generation. How How, how is the average person uh, to respond now and in the years to come to the to this synod? Well, I think that I'm, I'm going to challenge the average person to no longer be average, uh, but rather apostolic. Yeah. I want them to embrace that very call that they have to live out the gospel message. You cannot read the gospel of Jesus Christ and not experience the desire to conversion, to change, and to do something. You know, um, our, the gospel is not only a book of words— it's a life to be lived, and it's important that we do just that. And then within the synod, it's important for us to look at all the demographics of our church and recognize that we are a universal church made up of people of different cultures and different ages and different states of life, all of them you know, are called. And so the universality of our church is to reach out to all of them um, and challenge them in their own unique way to live out the gospel. And there are several specific issues that are mentioned. Um, I, I get, the, the immigration issue is mentioned. You, you speak about working with the Diocese of El Paso, with Bishop Seitz. Uh, there is a, a Lenten reflection on interracial healing and a uh, an aspect of fighting um, racism. Uh, the, the, the pro-life uh, uh, is mentioned, uh, fighting abortion. How issue-related will this uh, synodal process be as far as, I guess, issues that could even fall on the, on the, in the political realm? Oh, sure. And it will, all the issues will play a part because while we are people, um, you know, living our lives in, you know, our world and in our communities and in this society, we must always remember and never forget that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. And with that, Christ is king, and he has given us commandments. He has given us um, 
his, his, his way. We look to him as the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's important for us to see that at times there can be true tension in following the ways of our Lord Jesus Christ and what our society presents. It's important that we adhere to the truth of, of the gospel, the truths of divine law, the truths of natural law, and, and to uphold them. And so, indeed, during the Synod, we will talk about the tensions that the disciples of Jesus Christ face today um, with our current society and with our, uh, the, the ways of society today. Uh, you know, there's a part in the in your letter about the just uh, amazing growth of the the diocese. I'm trying to find that uh, where you know seven, eight. I think you even said maybe up to ten million people in uh, the, the, the 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 metroplex or the, the in, inside the Dallas diocese are um, by the time this ends in in ten years. How how does the growth and perhaps even from a demographic standpoint play into to your plans? Well. I am most grateful for my predecessors. When I think about what Bishop Lynch did, you know, and then Bishop Gorman, and Bishop Gorman, who who then established the University of Dallas, and he wanted a Catholic university in this whole area. Um, I I think about all that Bishop Chapey, Bishop, uh, you know, Gromman, and and Cardinal Farrell, all that they've done, I'm just profoundly grateful. And then with establishing the parishes when they did and where they did, I recognize that now Bishop Burns has a responsibility to do the same for the future of the church in North Texas. And so when you look at um, just some of the projections that... um, you know, professionals are saying um, are most likely for the future, then I need to prepare for the future too, and I need to keep up with the growth so as to provide the pastoral care for for the faithful in, in this area. And there is a day when um, Bishop Gorman um, was at the helm and that the, the Catholic population made up just about 5%. And in those days, um, that was also including the whole area of, of, of the Diocese of, of Tyler and, mm-hmm. and, and also Fort Worth. Well, with, with the evolution and, and, and of course, the, the splitting of the dioceses, we are now, and uh, the Diocese of Dallas has nine counties. We're at 1.3 million Catholics um, with the Metroplex, um, they, they are looking to see a growth of, of possibly 10 to 11 million um, uh, in, in the course of the next um, 10 years. And that's, that, that, that would be um, sig- significant. What I see now is that the Catholic population is at 32% mm-hmm. of the overall population. And, and so for that, do we also have a responsibility as disciples, as the Catholic Church in this area, to attend to the poor, the needy, the suffering? That's why I'm 
so pleased with Catholic Charities and what they do for the homeless, what they do with their food trucks, feeding thousands upon thousands of people. And it's what we're called to do. It's, it's who we are. Like I said, the gospel isn't just words to be read. It's a life to be lived and, and, and for us to play a part in all that and then to recognize that there will be a moment in which we ask the Master, but Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When? When you did it for the least of my brothers and sisters who did it for me. And as the Catholic Church, and then, of course, as the shepherd of the church, I'm going to be responsible in leading the faithful to do just that. Yes. To live out that. So I do need to keep up with the, with the pastoral application of the gospel um, as this whole metroplex grows. Uh, Bishop Burns, just about two minutes remaining in our time. Really appreciate your time. Bishop Edward Burns joining us uh, to talk about this uh, really uh, big news that I, I think caught a lot of us by surprise. Uh, a diocesan synod and post-pandemic pastoral plan has been um, uh, established for the Diocese of Dallas. It's a 10-year plan beginning with uh, an opening uh, feast of Our Lady Guadalupe, uh, the, the opening of the synodal process on December 12th of this year. And I, I guess I'm thinking... Uh, Bishop Burns, you know, you, when you start something like this, you envision the the what 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 will it look like if it's successful? What's what's the ch- church in the Dallas Diocese going to look like in 2031 that it doesn't look like now? You talked about the 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 the, the vigor and the enthusiasm and the apostolic zeal. Uh, do you have markers, or how how are you going to know if this uh, accomplished the goals that you were hoping for? I I suppose there will be uh, seeing our churches alive, seeing our churches full, seeing our faithful on fire um, for the faith and filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, I suppose, you know, to to see all of that, our our ministries uh, filled with people who long to share in the pastoral application of the gospel. When, when I see all of that, the fullness of it, and, and when I see people who are responding to discipleship of our Lord Jesus Christ because they know in following him they're going to have the fullness of life, and then when you ask me what are the benchmarks that I, I look for, um, it, it, it will be that our diocese is alive in the faith, that people are proud to be Catholic, that they're living out their faith, that we are making an impact in the wider community, that we are living in society. Ultimately, though, the ultimate benchmark will be when I hear the words of, of, you know, our Lord say, well done, good and faithful servants. You know, it's just if together I, I need to uh, bring um, the entire faithful of the Diocese of Dallas to the Lord, to bring um, them to the Lord and to bring um, our Lord Jesus Christ to them through the celebration of word and sacrament. Mm. Uh, well, our prayers go with you. And by the way, did you ask Pope Francis not to move you for the next 10 years? Did you ask if you can kind of stay stay put? Uh, <laughs> kind of, hey, how does that work? Do you have to tell the Vatican you're doing this, or do you just say, we're, you know, how, does, is there any communication? No, I, I, it, it, it really is um, within the authority of the bishop okay. to, um, you know, conduct the, the pastoral work of his diocese and, and indeed to, 
to do this is is very much rooted in in canon law. Yeah. So he probably got a text message like I did Saturday night saying, "Do you know what Bishop Burns is doing in Dallas?" <laughs> Dave, let me ask you: Are you texting the Pope again? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have a cell phone number. I would have, but uh, <laughs> well, uh, Bishop well, Burns. I'm going to tell you much. Much like I said to you earlier, this is a half hour interview. And I. It's gone fast, so see, at my age, time goes fast. (laughs) But what a joy being with you and your listeners. And I would propose, Dave, it's up to you, but I'd like to have a conversation with you. Wouldn't it be great to have one of the listening sessions on your radio station? Oh, You know, with with a call-in opportunity, you know? And I would welcome that. And whenever I say we're going to have listening sessions, they're going to be all throughout the diocese. And so to, to conduct one on your radio station would be a joy. I'd like to do one one a month. <laughs> well, well, we'll take one and see how it goes. But no, no, I, I, we would we would welcome that. And uh, we're at your service. And I know Martin is listening, and uh, and he, we can have one on the Spanish side as well. Uh, and Hola, so, Martin. Como estas? <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, yeah, whatever we can do. And thank you, by the way, we were mentioned in your letter, Guadalupe Radio. So we thank you Absolutely. for that, that mention. And uh, our prayers go with you, Bishop Burns. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, and uh, um, just whatever we can do to be of your service, we're here for you, okay? Thank you so much, Dave. I do know that Guadalupe Radio is an absolute blessing for us, so keep up the good work. Thank you very much. Uh, Bishop Edward Burns of the Diocese of Dallas. Again, go to cathdow.org and find out about his plans for a diocesan synod and post-pandemic pastoral plan for the Diocese of Dallas. Also, thanks to Annette Gonzalez-Taylor, his communication director, for arranging this interview. And so, Bishop Burns, thank you. Would you be able to uh, provide a, a blessing to our listeners before we say goodbye to you? Absolutely. Good and gracious God, Heavenly Father, I ask your blessing upon Guadalupe Radio and upon all their staff and listeners. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Bishop Burns, thank you very much. Nice speaking with you. God bless, Dave. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it. Uh, good conversation there. That is right, right on, hot off the presses, this uh, announcement from the Diocese of Dallas. And so, uh, again, go to it, cathdow.org. I, I, you know, um, I'm bringing Olivia back into the conversation here. She's, uh, that, that's your cue to uh, <laughs> turn your <laughs> mic on. Uh, I, I like the idea of doing one of those uh, sessions on, on the radio. Uh-huh. I, I, I mean, I would love that. That's I think, a lot of accessibility there for people that uh, can't travel somewhere. I, I never even thought about that. But as soon yeah. as he mentioned it, of course, my first response was, why, why one? Let's, let's do one a month. I <laughs> mean, right. uh, no, I, I would hope that that would be the case. And uh, hey, we've got him on record saying it, you know, but, uh, did that, did that, the, the question I asked him there at the end, somewhat tongue in cheek about, could you ask the Pope not to, to move you? Because yeah. you start a, a mission like this. You know, and then uh, two years later, you know, you get sent to another diocese. Hopefully right. they, they won't do that because yeah. you've set this into motion. It's a yeah. long plan, 10 years. I know. It's like when uh, the similar situation, uh, I think about when a priest is in charge of building a new church. Mm-hmm. And he really is the promoter of it and the promulgator of it and the uh, moderator of it, and then you know doesn't always get to see it through. Yeah, so, yeah. I think I about our friend uh, Father James Yamuchi started mm-hmm. a big project in uh, Forney, right? And then got moved to the seminary. So those right. things sometimes happen. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts uh, based on the conversation? I, I thought uh, you know, see how this all unfolds. It's a long time. I mean, the 
Uh, it's a long time, even until the, the opening of it on December 12th, but we're going to kind of see how this all unfolds. And I, I probably could have talked to him for another 30 minutes. I had a, a lot of other questions. There's, there's a lot there, but if you want to spend a little bit of time reading it, I was curious. I didn't want to put him on the spot, but I wonder why Bishop Lynch, uh, called one in 1934. What? And I don't think his was a multi-year one. It sounds like it was just maybe that one year. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure back then, Maybe you just call it, you do it, and you're done. But I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to do some research. Maybe somebody knows. Give me a call. Why did Bishop Lynch call one back in 1934? Good question. Yeah. Also, it... Uh would you expect other dioceses to do the same thing? Or Because I asked him the question. He said, you know, he can't speak for the other bishops. Right. But uh, uh, I just wonder if this is something I other dioceses are going to do. I there are other dioceses that will be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes sense, I guess, if they, I mean, because the, the 50, 500th anniversary of Our Lady Guadalupe, that in and of itself is going to be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up uh, in 1531. So, all right. Well, if <laughs> coming you have, up in 1531? <laughs> <laughs> or, see, uh, Are we going like backwards? <laughs> yeah, 2031. That's what I meant to say. See, I, all just, right, I uh, like it. You can see if I'm listening. If anybody, uh, I'll tell you what, I'll just kind of open up the phone lines here. We've got about five minutes until we go. Uh, uh, any, what would you, uh, you know, what would you uh, want to have on the agenda for this synod? If you were, in, when we do the, the live show, which I hope Bishop Burns, you know, will do with us, well, what would you say? 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. I'm a little, you know, kind of a, a one-trick pony. I'm very much into Thomistic philosophy, but I, I would like to see a return to tradition. Uh, I mean, not, not to say we can't move forward, I mean, you know, but I think there are some things about tradition. Maybe, tradition moves ma- forward ma- very nicely. Yeah, maybe a, <laughs> a, um, an emphasis on uh, some of the, um, even scholastic scholasticism. I love that. I think it's a great teaching model. I'd love to be a part of it. I'd like to teach domestic philosophy. I don't know if that's that maybe wonderful. something like that, but I wonder what else is By the way, be you do have a this. show where you do that. So yeah, just, I do. It's yeah. a good time to bring that up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Promote it. <laughs> uh, it's Fridays, four o'clock, back to the Father. And uh, we are going through the Summa Theologia and learning uh, from, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas is the doctor of the doctors. He's the angelic doctor. He's the patron uh, saint of all Catholic education. And he gets mentioned a lot on Catholic radio shows, but a show devoted entirely to him. You're seeing more of this, the Thomistic Institute. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Frad has Pints with Aquinas. Right. And, yeah, so a lot of people are are you know, teaching Aquinas and uh, Taylor. Let me just say, you all listen to that show on Friday. It is, it is fun. It is engaging and it is edifying. Uh, so f- there you go, Dave's you like already responding. Sure. Yeah, I thought about sure. bringing it on last Friday, but uh-huh. you were so busy with the car raffle stuff. As I will be. The weather is so crazy. <laughs> All right, uh, Diane, any any thoughts from you? What do you think about this uh, synodal process? Uh, ten years, it's kind of hard to get your head around, uh, you know, gosh, ten years from now. I'm I'm about to turn 54. I'm going to be in my mid-60s by the time this thing ends. I'm I mean, very I, excited that I'm, I've never had this in my lifetime so i'm looking forward to it and i'm looking forward to participate in it so yeah would you, how would you participate like in a, one of the the, the listening sessions oh, or definitely. Tell your thoughts about it yeah definitely you know our i know our metroplex is going to grow just more and more and especially catholics in the diocese as we uh, welcome more people into the church 
Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, Diane, thanks for stepping in. Uh, and Cecil, uh, no, it's no big deal. She just wasn't able to be here today. Uh, she'll be back and probably doing parish talks by this weekend. And just a reminder that we are going to be at eight parishes this weekend, uh, making presentations about Catholic radio and selling raffle tickets. Holy Family of Nazareth and Irving, Good Shepherd in Colleyville, Blessed Sacrament in Dallas, Mary Immaculate in Farmer's Branch, St. Francis of Assisi in Lancaster, uh, St. Francis of Assisi in Frisco, Holy Spirit in Duncanville, St. Mary's Parish in Sherman. Three of those had to be rescheduled because of the uh, inclement weather the last couple of weeks. We're also doing three live remotes this week, tomorrow at Birth Choice at noon hour, uh, CPLC on Wednesday at 10, and Sacred Heart Books and Gifts Thursday at 1 p.m. Uh, and those so that probably will be our last live remote of this uh, car raffle season. So... All right. Uh, well, nobody called, so nobody had any specifics. You're probably they're still trying thinking. to get out. They're all <laughs> thinking about it. Uh, any other? Uh, and as far as the Wranglers, you know, the people who are selling tickets, uh, I guess it's probably too late to send you tickets because we're running out of time. But if you have tickets, I got an email from a lady this morning who had taken 100 tickets. She said 50 of them are sold and Wonderful. she'll get the other 50 sold. She's going to bring them by. And so, uh, thank you. Uh, you know, there's so many moving parts and so many things that go into a successful car raffle like this. And I got to say, and I've said this before, and Olivia knows this, uh, I had quite frankly, very low expectations for this one. I came in January 4th, didn't had made a single plan and I just did not think it was going to go well, but you uh, have surprised us. And the, 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 quite frankly, the, 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 the pastors have surprised uh, me uh, as how willing they've been to allow us to come out, uh, you know, carefully and all that. Uh, but we're very grateful. And everybody who's bought tickets, again, go to grnonline.com forward slash raffle, or you can contact me directly, as a couple of people already have during the show today. And I'll mail you your tickets. Olivia will call you and process your your, your order over the phone. And uh, just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. And I do want to, you know, you thanked Juanita. I want to thank you, Olivia, because uh, people don't realize this. I was in a uh, bind. One of our speakers left his tickets in his uh, rental car or something. He was, he did a rental car. Another one had this problem and we need to get tickets to Juanita. And it's like one text to Olivia and she takes care of all of it. So thank you very much for You're all that you've done. You're most welcome. You are definitely the MVP. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks again to Diane and thanks everybody. Um, email me if you have any questions about anything. Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Again, a big thanks to our guest on the program, Bishop Edward Burns, for taking time to be with us to talk about his uh, plans for the Dallas Diocese Synod. And uh, let's see. You know what? We got a shareathon coming up before long as well. Uh, in about four weeks, the spring shareathon is coming up. There's always something. August fifth, Father John Ricardo will be our summer speaker series speaker. That's going to be really That's exciting. Fantastic. All right. Thanks. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH nine ten AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Of all lives in this world is how we have taken care of the needy, the poor, and others. I was very blessed when I was a little boy because my parents had a sense, a compassion,
to people in trouble. They always kept some money behind the clock if one of the neighbors came and had a special need. These things happened years ago. And you know that example stayed with me all my life. If you're not familiar with helping other people, do know it is the most joyous and glorious of all the commandments. Brothers and sisters, Lent is a time of fasting and prayer, but it's also a time of almsgiving, of making a sacrifice, of doing something for others, and do it directly. The man who puts gas in your car may hardly speak English. Give him a tip. You see a hungry person on the sidewalk, disheveled and poorly dressed. Take him in, buy him a cup of coffee and a donut or McDonald's or something. Yes, do something. And you'll be drawn in. Love the poor and your life will be filled with sunlight.